the illest of course. Real fans, real talk. We the illest on court. Real fans, real talk. We as real as we thought. Real fans, real talk. Reporting live from the cam. High in demand, so please stand by if you can. What we got is worth a lot, so put a tie in your plans. On court, talking sports through the eyes of the fans. With Trip Young, Emma Marie, Eric Sanchez. You heard what I said, we elite. Check the latest topics and stay ahead of the beat. Keep us in your topics and we ahead of the really good welcome back to a special quarantine edition uh this is a collaboration effort today man this is the sanchez show in conjunction with real fans real talk and because we have so much sports to get into we had to do this one together right yes sir yes sir as as always i got my man trip young with me trip how are you doing today man man i'm, I'm good i'm sick listen man i'm celebrating baby you know what i'm saying got the rum punch my main man king james going back to the finals Yankees, you know what I'm saying? We back, we in the playoffs again. Sophisticated Mom's about to come out with some new stuff. Like, I'm in a good mood today. But yes. I got a little, I got the Steph Shilly on my shoulders today, man. I, I, I see you. You came with a lot of energy right away, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let, let, let's get started. Actually, right before we get started again, it is Monday, September 28th. Um, Make sure you're following not only Sanchez Show, but Real Fans Real Talk. Uh, streaming across all platforms. Shoot us a like, shoot us a comment. And as always, you know, we open up the platform for any sports debate that anybody wants to have. So with that being said, let's get into your man, King James, uh, going to his 10th NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just to give it a little perspective, because I, I always love, I always love the LeBron haters, right? Because I, I personally love LeBron, even though I don't have him as the GOAT on my list. I, I do feel he is on that Mount Rushmore as he put it years ago that he would end up being on he is without a doubt if he's not number two he's no lower than number three on any list uh any anything lower than that I gotta call in your credentials but he's been to 10 NBA finals um within 13 years uh he's played in nine of the last 10 NBA finals he's heading back now he's taking his third team to the NBA finals now trip what else does the man have to do before people start giving him his just due um, walk on water. That's like literally. That's that's the only thing left. He's got to walk on water. I don't know what else he can do. I mean, you gotta you gotta respect the man. Like like any like if you don't have LeBron in your top five all time right now, you hating, or you you know what I'm saying. If you Paul Pierce or you Skip Bayless, you hating on on, on Bron. That's it. Like you got you got to respect that man for what he's doing right now, both on and off the court. Like nobody has more pressure on them to to win on the court and to speak out and, and, and be 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 a social justice you know leader and be an activist off the court like LeBron James does. So you got to give him his respect to go to ten finals and nine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nine years. You know what I'm saying? Like not, that's it's crazy. What he's doing right now at his age, no one else has done in the NBA, and he's still number one. He's proven it over and over again. Gentleman sweep through every round of the playoffs. And you know that the haters will come out every round of the playoffs. Oh, man, Portland's the best AC. They might be the ones. They're going to they gonna knock them off. They're going to do it. They win game one. Everybody goes crazy. But what happens? Four straight. Going to Houston, it's a small ball lineup. They're going to kill him. They got hard in Westbrook. Another one. Get him out of there. Then we go to Denver. Oh, they just came back from 
three one twice back to back, and they beat the Clippers, and that's the team that's supposed to beat everybody. They going, oh Dennis, well you know it's just the Nuggets. So they don't they don't really count. They didn't do nothing, so it's just the, it's just the Nuggets. And then you know he's it is what it is. He's gonna go to the finals and he's gonna do his thing and he's gonna he's gonna win. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then people are gonna be like, oh well you know it was just it was just a bubble. It wasn't he didn't have to play against Giannis or Kawhi or Durant and Stephen. They was you know nobody was there, so you know it it, it is what it is. But you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's it's a process, and and we building. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing back here. So we building. The podcast studio is coming too. So make sure y'all subscribe good to shooting the shit as well, because we building right now the same way LeBron James is building his legacy, and it's going to be hard to compete um, with that legacy. And on top of that, when he's done, he's probably going to have the record for a lot more things. Probably going to be the all-time leading scorer. He's going to be top 10 all-time in assists. He's going to be top 20 in rebounds. Like, you have to give this man his respect. Give him his flowers and enjoy it because you're not going to see another LeBron James for a long time. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of things you said there because I don't think that people have fully embraced it and really appreciated what he's done for the game. Um, for him here to be in his 17th year in the league, still um, the top player in the league in my eyes. I mean, you know, he didn't win the MVP, even though I felt he should have. Um, his first finals appearance was in 2007. Here we are 13 years later. He's still going to come back to, for more finals. Um, you know, for him to be able to maintain that level of success throughout the 17 years of his career and then being able to translate the winning to the other organizations he's gone to. Um, obviously, Miami didn't have a, a big time winning culture. They had won a finals before he got there, but they were never any dynasty. He helped transition that into being a, a dynasty while he was there. And then bringing that winning attitude back to Cleveland. And his, historically, we know who the Lakers are. We know their place in history. But the five years prior to LeBron being there, they weren't a good team. You know, they had struggled. So he's been able to continue his path of greatness um, and then also bring that attitude to all these different teams. And I think we got to applaud them for it. Um, in regards to the playoffs, I, I don't agree with it. You know, whoever these people are who say things like, oh, he beat this team or he only had to beat that team. Listen, you got to play whoever's in front of you. Simple as that. It's, you know, as, as much as I would have loved to have seen the Clippers and the Lakers play, it's not the Lakers' fault that the Clippers folded. It, you know, they, they had no control over whatever the Clippers do. They had no control over whatever Milwaukee had done on the Eastern Conference. You can only take care of the opponent in front of you. And if I take care of my business and you don't, that's not a knock against me. That's a knock against you. You know what I'm saying? Like, as you talked about, the Clippers were, were hyped up as the team to be able to beat the Lakers. Personally, I did feel they had a legitimate shot to beat the Lakers, but they, they didn't get there. So we can't go off of what could have been because they weren't there. The Nuggets were the team that were there. And that's who the Lakers beat. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I, I, I won't stand for any slander or minimalization of, of what the Lakers have done. They were the best team in the West all season. Um, they, they were starting to peak before we went into quarantine. They had to deal with some of the same issues that other teams had to deal with were going into the bubble, and they overcame those issues. And as you mentioned, every series, they got, they got rid of it in five. They didn't let nobody hang around. They didn't make you think you could beat them. They took care of you. So with that being said, they're on their way to the NBA Finals. And across from them, they're going to see, at least for LeBron anyway, a very familiar opponent. Um, and the irony of this is, as we talked about Miami, he went to Miami with D-Wade and Bosh back in 2010. 
And before he joined Miami and after he left Miami, he had never played Miami in the playoffs. And yet here we are in his first return to the finals and his first finals in the Western Conference. He plays against the team and the organization that helped him get his first chip. We know there's a lot of history there. Obviously, Spolstra is still the head coach. Pat Riley still runs things. What are your thoughts going into the series, and, and how do you feel these teams match up? Um, first of all, you know, shout out to, to the Miami Heat. Uh, they had an amazing playoff run. Um, I, I don't think anybody expected them to do what they did. Um, you know, as much as I know we both thought they had a chance to beat Milwaukee, we didn't think they would demoralize Milwaukee, but that's what that was. They, that was blood sport right there. What they did to Milwaukee. Uh, I, I still stand on I, if, if Giannis doesn't get hurt in game four, they're getting swept out of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that just changed the, the momentum up a little bit. You know, you get the extra fight in you because you want to win for your brother because it's hurt or whatever. But I think if Giannis finished that game, they probably would have got swept. So you got to give the Miami Heat as much respect as you give anybody in, in, in this league. They played a, a tough series against the Boston Celtics, and, and Jimmy Butler even said it. They have more, they got more talent. They got the better players on, on that side, but Miami just played together, grit, hard nose, physical, shooting the ball exceptionally well. Shout out to, to Swaggy T. We've been, we've, been, we've, been, we've been giving him his flowers, you know, this whole playoff run. I'm happy for him, you know, because I, I was a fan of his going into the draft, and I wanted to see what he could do, and he got hurt, you know what I'm saying? A little earlier in the season, so that kind of, you know, changed things up a little bit. Kendrick Nunn started to get that that run, but since he came back, he's showing you why he was drafted where he was. He was a great shooter. Um, he has so much energy, so much swag on the court. He's not afraid of the moment at all. Like he, it was he says he's a, I'm a walking bucket, and he's absolutely right. He is a walking bucket. He put up 37 on the night. You know, last uh, in the last game, he had 19 in the closeout game. Like, it, it's just amazing what this kid has been able to do. I know Duncan Robinson's been up and down throughout the playoffs, but he's also came through. He was going, he was getting to the rack in, uh, was it, in, in, in the closeout game. And everybody, I'm looking like, yo, that's Duncan Robinson going to the basket? Like, yo, what's going on? So, you know, everybody's contributing. Dragic is playing amazing, um, running the floor, shooting the ball very well. He's playing defense. Jimmy Butler is really on his, his lockdown, you know what I'm saying, defense. Like, he, he's doing his thing. And even when he's not scoring, he's helping out in every other area. And then Bam out of Bayou, the big man, like, you really got to give him his respect. Like, he is putting on for the Miami Heat right now on both sides of the basketball. I feel like every other, like, three plays, he got an M1 on a dunk or a leg because he's just finishing throwing it on whoever's in the paint. Like, this team is really good. Like, don't sleep. You know, and again, and even though, like, I I really want to say, you know, the Lakers in five, but, and I, and I don't say it in a disrespectful way to the Miami Heat. Like, I just say, it, like, just because LeBron is on a whole other level right now, like, his mindset, like, he he had a goal, and he's, he's closing in on the finish line, and he's ready to come in and take that championship home. So I think it's just that, no, no disrespect to the Miami Heat, but I think they're a great team. I think they're going to be good for a long time to come because they got a lot of good young talent mixed in with, with some really good veteran players. So I think that they're going to actually be a, a top team for a little while. But I just, you know, I just think that 
where LeBron is at right now, the mental space he's in, he's he's coming for everything they say he couldn't have. Yeah, um, I agree. He he's playing phenomenal right now, and I'm on record as saying this back in January, um, you know, when we lost the legend Kobe Bryant, that at That's that moment I felt like at that moment I felt like as a nation, as just fans in general, we were all kind of rooting for the Lakers just because we know what it would mean for the, for the memory of Kobe Bryant. And I still feel that way. I'm, I'm taking the Lakers in this series. Um, I really think it is going to go seven games though. Um, and I do think that LeBron being on a mission, I think AD has got to be on his game throughout this series because this is going to be their toughest matchup. And that's not a knock to Portland, Houston, or Denver, but none of those teams possess the big man who could defend the way Bam out of Bayou can, you know, and that that's going to force Anthony Davis to work on both ends of the court, because we know Bam is a skilled offensive player as well. So AD is not going to get an opportunity to just take possessions off. He's going to have to be on his A game every minute he's out there. Um, I think same thing with LeBron. LeBron, without a doubt, is the best player on the court for, for both these teams. AD is the second best player on the court. But then after that, the depth of the Miami Heat make them so dangerous. And that's why we see them continue to wear teams down. As you mentioned, they took the soul from the Milwaukee Bucks because there was never a point in that series where the Bucs could overpower, overpower them or dominate them. Anytime the Bucs went on a little bit of a run, Miami punched them right back in the mouth and put them back in their place. Same thing happened with Boston. I thought throughout the series, Boston played them very well, but Boston continued to blow second half lead because this Miami team does not go away. They continue to battle you and they throw so many different bodies at you. And I think that's something that, that could help them in this series. You got to remember, you, you talk about Jimmy Buckets and well-deserved, and he deserves all the credit and all the respect he's getting right now because people kind of shitted on his name uh, last year, right? But Iguodala has championship experience, right? Jay Crowd is a tough defensive player. And then you talk about the young guys, Robinson, um, Tyler Hero. You got veterans like Dragic. You know, if you want to go deeper in the bench, you can bring in a guy like Kelly Olenek to give you some extra minutes off the bench. So they've got so many different pieces. I think the Lakers are going to really have to grind out this series to be able to win it. They're going to have to deal with a little bit of adversity as well, because again, they're going to throw a lot of bodies at your stars. And there's going to be moments where maybe LeBron isn't shooting so well. There's going to be moments that Anthony Davis isn't really shooting so well, but you're going to have to grit it out. You're going to have to figure out a way to make it work. Uh, and let's not overlook the coaching in this as well. Spolstra is very experienced. He's been to four finals. He's won two finals. And historically, He's gotten the best of Frank Vogel. He eliminated him twice in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So there's going to be that chess match. There's going to be those moments, again, where the Miami Heat are going to test the Lakers in ways that no other team has been able to test them yet, just yet. And that's why, for me, I'm, I'm taking the Lakers. I would love for them to win it for Kobe. I think it's going seven, bro. Now, the only, all right, so the only two things, because I do, I do agree with a lot of what you said, the only two things I will say, you're absolutely right. Spolstra did beat them in the playoffs twice, but... He also had that man, LeBron James, with him when he did it, who was now on Vogel's side. So that might help, you know, Vogel with the little edge on that one. Um, in regards to Bam, I will say this. Again, I love Bam. I think he's playing great. But Lakers going to cheat a little bit. We've seen what Dwight Howard was doing in the last round, you know, when he was guarding uh, Jokic. He did really well. I got to give Dwight Howard his props. You know, we don't get, we, you know, because Dwight Howard, you know, sometimes he'd be on his BS, you know what I'm saying? We had, he had the dark years, but, you know, since he's been with the Lakers, 
He's been doing really well. He's playing really great basketball right now. And, you know, the beautiful thing, which kind of worked out in the Lakers' favor, was because Houston plays small ball and J. Bell McGee and Dwight Howard are kind of like the odd men out in that situation because there's really nobody for them to guard and they're not dominant offensive players like that to really, you know what I'm saying, for it to, to put any type of pressure there in the game. So they were rested from the Houston series. So you come back in and now, you know, Dwight Howard, he was giving, he was giving Jokic fits, you know, and they, the Lakers took over and controlling the board. Cause remember coming into the series, Jokic was, was getting like 13 rebounds a game. I think in, in, in the series, he might've been at like six, seven a game. If, if that, like there was a lot, like he was not rebounding the ball and that was an attribute to Dwight Howard being in the game and, and him playing well. There was a couple of nights where, you know, he had double-doubles or at least, you know, or close to double-doubles. You know what I mean? And he, he was playing really good defense on Jokic. So I think that's going to actually help and work in the Lakers' favor because you're right. He, he, he can guard, you know, Anthony Davis. He can make it tough on him, and you have to watch him on the offensive side of the basketball. But Dwight Howard can help out with a, with a lot of that. Yeah, I mean – Howard and McGee, and I don't know how much McGee will play in this series um, just because of matchups, but specifically yeah. Dwight Howard, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Vogel uses him because I'm I'm of the thinking that if Miami is knocking down their threes, which we've seen them do when, when they're winning, of course, mm-hmm. the games that they've won when they're lights out shooters and they space the floor so well, it's almost impossible to play to Dwight, play Dwight Howard because then you get these massive mismatches where Dwight is so far away from the basket. He's, you know, he's a non-factor. And I think there will be times that Vogel's going to have to say, look, AD's going to have to play the five against Bam. And we're going to have to just try to match up with some of these guys so that we don't give up the open threes. You know, one of the things, one of the reasons that I did like Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals, because Boston has this assortment of wing guys, where they could just keep rotating and switching off and you don't really give up the open threes. And it didn't even matter because, Tyler Hero don't need much room to knock down a three. You know, yeah, Duncan Robinson yeah. don't need much room to knock down a three. We've so, seen. <laughs> right. And and again, that's with the collection of, of wing players that Boston has who they're already playing small and they was having trouble chasing guys around. So if the if Miami isn't knocking down those threes, then yeah, you could leave Dwight out there all day long. You can abuse them on the boards and you can take big time advantage of second time, second chance shots, which is a key to why the Lakers are so successful as well. But if Miami is knocking down threes, even not even at a high percentage, if we're talking 35% three, it's going to be interesting to see how Vogel wants to distribute the minutes, who he wants to keep on the court, because then you can't be trading threes for twos. And Miami's one of those dangerous teams that they shoot the three well, but they don't just look for the three. They look to attack the basket first. And that's where you want Dwight to be in the game. But again, if they're knocking down threes, now it's like, all right, so now Dwight has been pulled away from the basket and they're attacking what are we willing to give up here? So it's going to be interesting to see how they use it there. Um, let me get you, I, like I said, I, I got Lakers winning in seven. You, you're sticking with Lakers in five? Yeah, I re- like I'm, I really feel like it's, it's not going to be a long series. Like I really do, you know, but I wouldn't like, but it, if it goes six, I wouldn't be surprised. But I but I don't think, I don't think it's, it's going to seven. I feel you. I feel you. And we got a shout out to Andre Gudala, man. He's going to his sixth straight finals, man. 
which is he's trying to get LeBron record. He's trying to go go for LeBron record. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Because it, it's 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 crazy to think about. Um, we know how important he was during the Golden State years, mm-hmm. and then for him to land on this Miami team and be a big part. He had a big shot yesterday as well that really kind of put the game away for them. So I wanted him to come I'm, to the Lakers. Yeah, Lake. Well, Lakers <laughs> wanted them. Yeah, Ron, exactly. Ron wanted them. They wanted exactly. them. So he listen. And man, they was gonna let him rest too. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's it's going to be so many interesting storylines as we talked about Braun. Udonis Haslam. UD. Shout out to him. Right. Shout out to him. Um, obviously, you know, it was well documented that Pat Riley wasn't happy when Braun left. And I don't know if they mm-hmm. patched up their relationship. But, you know, a lot of a lot of things on the line um, on the Lakers side, as we talked about Dwight, this could be big for his legacy. Um, I personally Rondo. feel Dwight and Rondo. I personally feel Dwight is a Hall of Famer and I think the ring will solidify it. Um, I think Rondo's a borderline Hall of Famer, but getting two rings kind of pushes you over the edge, over the top. And, and, that's, and that's crazy because I feel like we like, I like I think Dwight Howard was a Hall of Famer already. Oh, whether I, he I was agree. a ring or I not, agree. but people don't give him that respect. And I'm like, yo, how could you? How, like he got three Defensive Player of the Year awards back to back to back. He made it to a Finals. You know what I'm saying? Mad all-star appearances, all defense appearances, all NBA appearances. Like, how is Dwight Howard not a Hall because, of Famer? Because people focus on the second half of his career. People forget, like, those first eight years in Orlando, he was the dominant force in the league as far as big yeah. men, right? And then when he goes to the Lakers, he starts to get a bad name. Then he goes to Houston and things go bad. And then he kind of bounces around the league. And so that's what everybody remembers. But as you mentioned... I mean, he's one of the premier defensive centers of all time in the NBA, not just of his era. And a ring, uh, two finals appearances makes the resume look great. He has an Olympic gold medal. He'll, he'll like, if they if they win this one, that's a ring. So all these things just strengthen the resume. But I think yeah. even even if they were to lose, to me, Dwight is still in the hall. This, yeah. this does strengthen the case for Rondo a little bit more because I, I do think that Rondo's in a similar convo as, as Chauncey Billups, though I like Chauncey yes. more. I like Chauncey more, but they're in a similar two combo. Rings you can't deny. Right, two rings makes it tough to keep him out. You know, we saw Chauncey didn't get voted in this past year, so yeah. you know it, we'll we'll have to see, man. And this but, ain't um, one of those hanger on type of rings where right. you were he's just a, on the a, team. No. He's putting in work, right? And I, you could argue he's a big part of the reason why they're dominant. They're dominating he, the way they are. He's one of the he's one of their best five players. Yes, I, I'm. I, yes, right. So I, I'm I was pretty happy sure when he came back. I'm pretty sure in those last six minutes of a close ball game, Rondo's going to be on the floor. So that that says everything we need to know about that. Exactly. But so um, get that ring and that's it. You got to put him in. Right, right. Now, in other NBA news, in, in regards to people who who don't have rings, never played for rings, don't look like they're going to be playing for rings anytime soon. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, there's this rumor floating around. Mike D'Antoni to Philly with a possible trade of James Harden also going over there. You and I have both been very critical of James Harden. Um, let's put it out there. We've been critical of Mike D'Antoni. Though I will give Harden credit. I thought he played a little better these playoffs than he did in years past. But nonetheless, it was still another second-round exit. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's legitimate, or do you think this is just uh, a slow news cycle? Okay. So here's my thing. And we had this conversation last week uh, with Emerald when we were talking about Billy Donovan getting the Bulls job. And I was saying that I would 
usually I would be like, damn, man, can we get a brother a shot to get that coaching job? But Billy Donovan deserves it. He took a team that nobody thought would even be in the playoffs to the playoffs with, 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 with just Chris Paul. And we, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like we got Chris Paul in top five of players. I don't even know if it's Chris Paul is ranked in the top 10. I mean, you might have to rank him there now after seeing what he did this season. Right. This, is a, this, is a, this is an older, more seasoned Chris Paul. Exactly. Is, right. So we're not even talking about prime Chris Paul gets these guys to the playoffs in a game seven situation where they're in position to win this, but then you could kind of see the, the the youth towards the end of end of game seven. But you were there, and that's that's with you know a late Chris Paul, whatever. So yeah, he definitely deserves to still be coaching. You know, what I'm saying another job. When you're talking about Mike D'Antoni, we're talking about same results everywhere he goes. He does not win. Yes, he's produced a couple of MVPs. Nash got two. James Harden got one. But he has not won. He does not go deep into the playoffs. He has. I think he hasn't even been to been to a finals yet. He's so, never been to a finals. He's been to uh, one Western Conference final um, yeah. with the Suns. That was it. So how are we so ready to jump back in and be like, oh yeah, take the 76ers job? What? That's not even like, like, I'd be more understanding if it was like, yo, going and coach the Wizards. I'd be like, all right, whatever. It's just the Wizards. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? But so you get to, and, and that's what, and I think this is actually more of a situation where, you know, when Steve, uh, Stephen A. Smith got into a little bit of hot water a couple of weeks ago with the Steve Nash hiring, you know, kind of saying that was the privilege. I think this is a situation where, where it will be more about privilege because I mean, come on, we're talking about somebody that has not won. Like he's he's the the the, the Jack Del Rio of of the NBA. Where it's like, yo, how does this guy keep getting coaching jobs and he cannot get his teams across the finish line? He can't get it, even get them in within reach of the finish line, which is you got to at least make it to a finals. And then now he he's the favorite to land the Philadelphia 76ers coaching job, a team, a playoff team already with two superstars, or at least one superstar and another superstar in, in the making. You know what I'm saying? But they got a they got a pretty big, you know, big roster of talent over there. I know Hoff is a little bit older, but Tobias Harris is, is there. So you get to go from not getting the Rockets anywhere so now we're gonna jump and bring you bring you over to the east. Now you get to coast the 76ers. Nah, bro, you gotta take a break. Nah, sit, sit back for a minute. Take a take a year or two off, cool out. You know what I'm saying? And then my other thing is with the teams, like I'm not bringing in somebody that has not won. And you've been coaching for a long time. You've been for in Houston for years. You were with the Knicks for a long time, you were with the Suns for a long time. You have not gotten to an NBA finals, let alone one one. So if I'm the GM, if I'm the, the, the owner, I'm not even looking at you to come coach my team. I don't care about you getting somebody to win an MVP award. What, like, what does that do for the team? I need rings. Well, well my, my immediate thinking on it, as you said, too, was what have you done to earn this job? Like, why are we so excited about Mike D'Antoni at this time? And there was one team you did forget to mention, and I think it, it plays big into why would you even hire him if you're Philly? He got that Laker job when they had Kobe, Dwight, Nash, and they were trying to go for like their star-studded team. And Dwight wanted out of there because he just didn't like the way he was being used, aside from issues with Kobe. So Mike D'Antoni has never shown a willingness 
to slow the game down and dump the ball down to the big man and yeah, go get me some points, big man. So how would it even work with Joel Embiid? Like, is Joel Embiid supposed to shoot 15 three pointers a night now because that's what you want to do offensively? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I like I don't I don't understand the only the only big man and this was a, and this is the exception because of of how athletic he was. The only big man that he's ever had that worked well was Amari Stoudemire. And that's because Amari was so gifted offensively, especially in a pick and roll, where you he didn't have to play with his back to the basket. He could just get points facing the basket because of everything he could do. So I don't get the move at all. Um, and if you're Philly and, and you really would entertain trading Ben Simmons, who's 23 years old um, and who hasn't even started to scratch the surface of his prime, let alone his, his overall potential, if you're willing to trade him for a 30-year-old James Harden, who is very one-dimensional um i mean i i guess uh, but but then i would have to wonder if elton brand is even the right guy for the job because yeah. again you know what are you what are you what are we building here you guys tanked away for so many years and and quote unquote trust the process and then you get the two cornerstones of your franchise and now it's like you want to bring in a guy like mike d'antoni who's never won anything and then entertain possibly a trade for james harden like, what was it all for then? That that would be my point. And if you're Houston, I'm not going to lie. If you're Houston, I think you make the trade in a heartbeat. Because as we've said before, they're in no man's land. You definitely can't trade Russ. You you know, you probably can't trade Harden unless somebody's willing to take him on. And again, he's so one-dimensional that there are teams that are going to be scared to take him on. It would, it would have to be a team that Mike D'Antoni is the head coach of to yeah. say, oh, yeah, we'll take James Harden. So, or the Knicks, the Knicks will take him. I mean, we would take him because we ain't got nothing else. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe he'll help us win 35 games and make the AC. Who knows? But ultimately, if, if you're Philly, I, I just don't understand it. I think there's so many other uh, coaches who would be much more qualified. You, you've got a, a Ty Lu out in L.A. who's waiting for a job. You've got Jason Kidd who's waiting for a job. Uh, you've got Sam Cassell. who I, Sam Cassell has been an assistant under Doc Rivers for so many years. At what point does this man get a job? You know what I'm saying? Like there, there are a lot of good assistant coaches out there that deserve a job. We don't need a retread. We don't need to see the Mike D'Antoni show again, especially not in Philly. Yeah, uh, I'm with you a thousand percent, bro. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's transition, man. Yesterday, uh, well, today wraps up the end of NFL Week Three. Yesterday we got some good games, and I think we, we're starting to see the contenders from the pretenders. Um, we we gotta. Say Pittsburgh looks good at 3-0. Green Bay looks really good at 3-0. Uh, Patriots bounce back from a tough loss day one. Seahawks at 3-0. Russell Wilson's looking like the MVP. What are your thoughts through three weeks? Obviously, we got the big game tonight. Chiefs, Ravens, the past two MVPs, and, and the two uh, shining stars of the league right now. What are, what are your thoughts so far on what we've seen, and who do you really like out there? I, I, I got to start with we're not worthy – to, 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 to Russell uh, Wilson, uh, 14 touchdowns. He beat Mahomes' record uh, in the first three games of the season. You know, like, we got to give this man his flowers. I hope I hope he gets the MVP this year for multiple reasons. I mean, first and foremost, he deserves it if, if he does get it because, you know, I don't know why he doesn't get more votes than what he does. He's He's been consistent as just about anybody in the league for – how many years? Six, seven years now. He's been consistent with less talent around him than pretty much all of the other top uh, quarterbacks in in the league. Like, 
You know what I'm saying? Now, I mean, DK Metcalf is coming into his own right now, and they have Tyler Lockett. But, I mean, when you're talking about Matt Ryan's got, got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, Drew Brees got Michael Thomas, Aaron Rodgers got Devonta Adams, uh, Patrick Mahomes got everybody. You know what I'm saying? Tariq Hill, Sammy Watkins, you know what I'm saying? Kelsey, you know, like all of these quarterbacks, like he's had the, the the lesser talent pool for the past couple of years and still puts up MVP-like numbers. Like we got to give give him his just due. They won this game against the Cowboys. I thought one of the coaches was going to have to suit up to play defense at one point because everybody was getting hurt and Dallas was doing what they what they did to Atlanta. But you know, thankfully, you know Russell, Russell Wilson, and those those guys, they did not give up. You know what I'm saying? They found a guy to come in and play a little bit of defense and get a little stop. You know what I'm saying? But you got to take your hat off to, to Russell Wilson and everything he, he's been been doing right now. They're well deserved three and zero this season. Um, so him first and foremost. Uh, you know, we we spoke about the Monday night game um, on, on on last week's show because we filmed a little bit later in the week. Um, but then you got to go to those two good teams right there. This is this is a big game for, you know what I'm saying, seeding the position and later on down the road because it's not like they're in the same division where they're going to play each other twice a year. They only play each other once. So if it comes down to it late, this is going to be the, the, the tiebreaker if, the, if these two teams wind up having the same record. So this is a huge game. And this is the the top, you know what I'm saying, top, top two quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying, I believe right now in football with Lamar Jackson, and, and Patrick Mahomes, but Russell Wilson in in the one A one B one C kind of kind of category, which is the other reason why I would love, absolutely love to see Russell Wilson get the MVP award because now you'd be talking about three consecutive years where a black quarterback won the MVP award. So I would absolutely love for Russell Wilson to win that. And if we could throw in Deshaun Watson next year, getting a receiver, I'll take that too. You know what I'm saying? But those are those are those are the hottest teams right now. Shout out to Green Bay and Rodgers. Devonta Adams has to has to stay healthy though, man. Because I mean, Aaron Rodgers he's he's a legend and he's willing them to victory. He's finding guys to get it to every week, which is why they've been so good. And we see how how good um, that, that that New Orleans isn't without Michael Thompson. We we're seeing the the difference it is when he's on the field and not. We saw it even more last week. But definitely this week, you know, and Aaron Rodgers was able to make it happen with what he had, even though his number one guy was out as well. But they've been playing some some really good football. Um, you know, I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing from Joe Burrow. I think he's the real deal. Like, you know, I'm saying he had a goodie. I wish he would have pulled it out this the game against the Eagles. They wound up getting tied up. Um, but he's been playing really well. They got him throwing up the ball a lot, which you know, for fantasy purposes, I'm okay with. But I, you know, I don't know if they, you know, you might not want to burn them out or, you know, the COVID seasons when things have been crazy, crazy as far as with all these injuries. Like there's a lot of injuries to a lot of big name players that are missing chunks of time. Some are missing seasons. You know what I mean? So I'd wanna I'd I'd, I'd wanna watch out with throwing the ball maybe maybe as much. But uh, you know, again, Joe Mixon didn't have a good game, so they kind of had to. But I'm, I'm loving what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't I don't mind Joe Burrow throwing the ball as much. Um, I mean, you make him your quarterback week one, you, you gotta feel he's ready to go. Um, and it's not like they I, I can't really think of a time, even yesterday. I mean, they had the lead late, but they haven't had a comfortable lead in any game. So 
and most games, you know, you, you got to throw the ball. You got to get down the field quick. Um, but Joe, Joe has looked very impressive um, early on. Um, I will say, I think what we're seeing tonight is two of the top five quarterbacks. As you mentioned, Russ is in that convo. And I think Aaron Rodgers is reminding us um, why he should still be in that convo. I think, you know, we talked a lot about Jordan Love getting drafted there. We talked a lot about his numbers being down last year. But it looks like this second year in that offense with Matt LaFleur, he's very comfortable, very, very comfortable. And some of the balls he was throwing yesterday, they were like, for, for a football fan like myself, they was kind of like, wow, like he is just slinging the ball with without any hesitation. He expects, he knows where the receivers are at at all times. They know where he's going to put the ball. You know, he made a couple just great throws down the field where the receiver didn't even have to break stride. He was just catching and go. And I think yesterday really showed us the difference between where the Packers are right now as a team and where the Saints are. I think we were wrong about the Saints. I think they're in trouble, man. And I know they didn't have, they haven't had Michael Thomas for two weeks and that's why they lost these games. But when you look on paper, their collection of talent, they still got Alvin Kamara. They still got Emmanuel Sanders. They still got Jared Cook. They still got really good weapons and they, they're and struggling. Devontae Parker wasn't there either for the, for the Packers. And yeah, Devontae Adams didn't play yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, Aaron Rodgers, his best weapon yesterday was Aaron Jones, a running back who played well. And then he was throwing to just whatever receiver got open. And to me, Drew Brees, I don't know if it's an issue with the arm. I don't know if it's an issue with him just not being comfortable with the receivers. He was refusing to, to throw the ball down the field. Everything was a dump off pass or, or a quick out to a receiver. And it was almost like he was uncomfortable in everything he did. And I think the Saints are also in trouble because their defense has been getting lit up lately. So we got, you know, we can't overlook some of these issues that they have. I know it's early in the season and we were on record as saying we may see some teams come out the gate slow. But when you look at the NFC and we talked about how deep the NFC is, this is a situation where New Orleans could fall behind very quickly within their own division. Tampa looks like they're starting to get it together. We see Green Bay at 3-0. We see the Seahawks at 3-0. The Rams are two and one. They're a very good team. Niners are two and one, and they're gonna get healthy at some point. So if you're the Saints, you can only fall behind but so much. Um, and and to your point about tiebreakers, again, Green Bay, New Orleans are not gonna see each other again. That's a tiebreaker. One of the things we need to keep in mind as well is this is the first year of the new playoff format. Seven teams get That's in now, so only yeah, one right. team gets a bye. You yeah. know, only one team gets a bye. So it was that, that was big for yesterday's game. Right, and that's going to be very big for tonight's game because you and I both feel that these are, the Ravens and the Chiefs are the best teams in the AFC. So the winner of tonight is going to have the inside track to possibly have a home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on, man. On the flip side of that, some teams that aren't doing so well. Um, the whole NFC East? Vikings. <laughs> well, the, NF, the NFC East looks like a bunch. It just, just look like a, a, a hot garbage, just yeah. just a pail on fire. We just skipping just over disgusting. them today. We're skipping over them. I mean – no, no, I was going to get into it because, you know, we got some some really bad teams right now. I mean, the Eagles look terrible. I mean, I, yeah. I thought they were going to look bad. I didn't think they were going to look this bad. Yeah. Um, Eagles are bad. Vikings, I don't know what the hell is going on in Minnesota. They're a team that I like. And I don't know what's football, going on. football, please. I need some yeah. points. I don't know what's going on with them. And then, God forbid, man, the both New York football teams are just, wow. It's just bad, man. Is, I mean, listen, the Giants this, have, this have, have a little more skill. <laughs> Buffalo, the Bills. I apologize to the Bills. The Bills are 3-0. I apologize to them because they're actually holding it down for New York. But uh, the two teams that play at, at MetLife, oh, man. Listen, the Giants have a little bit more leeway because I know you don't have Saquon. 
you know, um, Golden Tate just came back. So, and, and we didn't expect the Giants to be heavy hitters anyway. We didn't really expect the Jets to be heavy hitters either. <laughs> no, no, we didn't, but the Jets looked disgusting. I mean, the Jets looked like the worst. And they got a lot of injuries too, though. I think Le'Veon already quit on the team. I'm be honest. He probably he did. I'm sure he did. I, th- I think Le'Veon just said, "Man, just make sure my check is there on Tuesdays." That's yeah. just I'm I'm not I'm not even dealing with y'all. I, I Adam Gates. I I think Adam Gates, the first head coach, that's gonna get fired. It, it's looking disgusting. Who are they gonna get? You know, Real? I, they'll, <laughs> I, I, he'll at least get an interview. He'll at least get an interview. Boy, at he's least. coming back. At least. I'll be pissed off. You know the day I Jack Del Rio, I'll be pissed off. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> Listen. I just I, I watched a little bit of the Jet game yesterday because I'm a Colts fan, and I, I just wanted to see you know I wanted to see my team more specifically, but the fact that Adam Gates was brought there because he's supposed to be this quarterback guru, and you got Sam Darnold throwing these disgusting pick sixes, like again as a Colts fan, we don't have the secondary that's that's great. We got some good linebackers, we got a couple good young D linemen, we got a good young safety, but we don't have the corners like that. You got them corners out there looking like Deion Sanders high stepping from the 25 because he throwing pick sixes like it's candy out there. They, yeah. They're disgusting, man. They, 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 I mean, maybe they, maybe they tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I don't know, but it's looking bad there. It's looking real bad. Yeah. So I ain't got to give, you know, I wish, yeah, I wish uh, yeah. Saquon the speed of recovery. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I knew that was, that was going to be a wrap, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So I ain't got to give with, with we, need, we need some good New York. Football teams. I mean, I know Buffalo is here, but they all the way up top. They Buffalo is damn near Canada. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm talking about now here. Uh, we do something a little closer to home. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Before we transition over to some baseball as well, though, um, tonight Ravens Chiefs. I'm pretty sure I know who you're picking. Oh yeah. Uh, so you so you going to you going with the team from from Baltimore? I gotta do the Ray Lewis dance up in here to tell you how. No, 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 no. How many how many touchdowns Lamar going for combined rushing and passing? How many you think he got tonight? Three. Solid number. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Um, I think it's gonna be a very close game. Uh, like we talked about before, these two teams the past two years have played very close games against each other. I think the Chiefs, the fact that they can run the ball a little better now than they have in the past, their defense also looks a little little better now as well. And also, I got Patrick Mahomes in fantasy, so you know. So you all the just points. want the okay. So well, you, I'm, I'm up. Give the extra boost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm up. I'm. I got a comfortable lead right now, and um, the gentleman I'm playing, and he has Tyreek Hill. So the only way he could beat me is if Tyreek goes off, and if Tyreek goes off, that means Mahomes went off. So it's a win-win there. True, but there's always those situations where let's say Mahomes throws for like 220 yards, but Tyreek Hill has 170 of those yards and three touchdowns. That's a little bit what different. It? But I mean, if if, if Mahomes threw the three, if Mahomes threw the three touchdowns, then we still good though, unless Tyreek ran him in. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Did you get the bonuses? That's why. If Tyreek Hill ran him in, that's it. He get the bonuses. So that's a little if, bit if, different. If, but, but if I think you got a big in. enough lead, and, and that this what that was actually yeah. this said so that was gonna be the game of the week because that was you versus uh, Sean. Sean from on the board sports. On the board shout, sports. shout out to yeah. on the board, man. Shout well, out to on the board, shout man. Out to, shout out to, to Sean and uh, and Will. Really quick, um, I, we gotta we gotta talk about this because we haven't had a chance to really shout out because you, you just mentioned him a little while ago, um, Deion Sanders, um, and how big of a deal it is that he's coaching at in in, in uh, HBCU. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, he's down at Jackson State. Um, it's, it's something that he has said he, he's openly looked forward to. He tried to um, get in line for the Florida State job as well there. Um, it's it's a it's a great 
opportunity. I think it's also great representation. Um, and then from a fan standpoint, I, I grew up loving Dion. I want to see will, will his son possibly go there now. His son was committed already, so we'll see if he if he has down there with him. But um, yeah, it, it's a big shout out to Dion, man. We fans of Dion here at the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love it. Um, and I, what I, I think was so great about this is this puts the idea out there. You know, we need more of these former players. You know, get back into get back into coaching. The more, a lot of these top black superstars get into coaching and go to to these schools, these uh, these HBCUs, and take those jobs because that's also going to help with the recruitment and bringing in players. The top players will come will will go to schools to play for Deion Sanders. They'll go to play for Michael Strahan. They'll go to you know what I mean. They'll go to play for these top Hall of Fame players. Randy Moss says right now I'm coaching Hampton. I guarantee you three or four wide receivers is going to Hampton this year are the top guys. But they're gonna wanna wanna study under one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Uh, Jerry Rice came back and said, you know what? I think I wanna I wanna uh, try you know I'm saying try my hand in coaching. Emmett Smith. And one of these top guys, I think this is this is a great, great thing that, that Deion Sanders is doing and it can lead to even more great things to come if he can get some of his, his NFL brethren to start taking up coaching jobs as well around, you know, Absolutely. in colleges. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, like I said, it's it's great exposure. Um, and I, I think it'll help these programs in a number of ways, not only from being able to recruit those five-star and blue chippers, but also the funding that's necessary to, to have a program like that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's really the difference. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of these kids would love to to go to an H, uh, HBCU that's closer to home as opposed to traveling cross country. But what happens a lot of times is when you travel cross country to one of these bigger programs, they got the better facility. You know, they, they give you the better opportunity to play at the next level. So guys like Dion taking that first step, I hope there are more to follow. And then I hope the recruits start to follow as well. And you got to think too, you know, one of the other things is, is when you talk about that funding coming in, the, the, the endorsements and the money that's going to come there now because right. Deion Sanders is there, that's going to be an even bigger boost. So, it, you know, I, I love it, right. man. That's what I'm saying. Shout out to, shout out to the, Deion. The funding, yeah, the funding now, now the funding changes. Now the budget is different now. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I, 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 guarantee, I guarantee you, right, I guarantee you just because it's Dion, they'll, they'll probably get two nationally televised games next year. Oh, that's a At fact. least two. That's a fact, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it'll be one on CBS, one on ESPN. But it, again, it's the recognition that's, so we can see that's needed. They never right. worry about the it's, players so much. They want to see Dion. That's great. And I and 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 the reason I know that to be a fact is because Dion now, as an offensive coordinator in high school, even though his son's team is one of the top 25 ranked in high school, they got a couple games on ESPN. Mm. And I'm sure that had a lot to do with Dion Sanders being a part of the coaching staff. Yeah. So you can't tell me him now being down there as the head coach isn't going to affect. Yeah, come on. They'll, they'll be on TV at least twice, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's transition over, um, as Dion would do, because Dion was a, was a great two-sport athlete. Let's transition over to some baseball trip. Yes. The Major League Baseball playoffs begin tomorrow. It's a new format. Um, now there are eight weird. teams. In each. It, is, it is weird. Eight teams on each side begin tomorrow. Um, higher seed gets 
not only home field advantage, but in this first round being that it's two out of three, all three games will be at the higher seeds field. So you have that home field advantage, your home cooking. Um, we'll, we'll keep it local. We won't break down every team because I'm going to be, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what to make of this first round. I think it's so, it's so crazy and unorthodox that we could see a bunch of upsets. We could see no upsets. I don't know what to expect from playing three games in the same stadium and then it being a two out of three, which is so unlike any other playoff format. To, uh, playing a three-game set is really like regular season type stuff. So to make it the importance of a playoff game, I don't know how teams are going to react to that. What are you expecting to see specifically from your Yankees who kick off tomorrow as well? I mean, we're coming, we coming to play winning baseball. That's, that's it. That's what we're doing. Guys are healthy right now, coming back. Uh, shout out to, uh, to, to, to LeMahieu. Um, you know, we we taking awards. We, we got we got the batting awards this year, the big ones. We coming to play, man. We we back. We healthy. Uh, we got we finally, you know, thank, like we finally got our ace in Garrett Cole. You know, what I'm saying he, he's doing doing his numbers this season. Uh, I wish we could have, you know, got got a German back to start the playoff, but I, you know, with his suspension, it, it wasn't even enough games in the season for him to 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 play it out. So you know, but. I think the, the Yankees win this, this first round series. I think they, they're ready to go, man. I'm worried about one thing, and that's uh, number 28. I feel you. Um, yeah, I, I still like the Yankees. I'm not going to lie. Um, I know they've had a couple bumps in a row, but that was to be expected in a short season. You know, you're trying to work out the kinks, injuries, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, I, I just don't know what to make of it. I'm going to be honest, because they play a Cleveland team that's pretty feisty. Cleveland doesn't have the pitching they once had, but they still have some good talent on that team. But to have to play all three games in Cleveland, that's the thing that worries me. Like, how how is that going to affect teams, um, the way they use their bullpen, the way they they try to work their rotation? I I don't know. I, I guess because there's so much uncertainty, uncertainty to me, I'm going to take the Yankees to still win that series, and I'm still going to stick with my preseason prediction of the Yankees going to the World Series. But nothing would surprise me, bro. I think we'll have a better understanding of who the real – good teams are after this first round of the playoffs because even as I look at some of these matchups I'm like you know are the Toronto Blue Jays really a playoff team or is it just a matter of them you know getting hot for 60 games that's, you know that's what same, I'm saying. yeah same thing with the Miami Marlins you know like certain teams we expected to be there I, I thought Minnesota and Houston were playoff teams I'm not surprised by them I'm not surprised by Tampa I'm really not surprised by the Yankees of Cleveland either um, but some of these matchups are just so tough to predict it's I, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach, but I am going to stick with my prediction of, of the Yankees going to the World Series, bro. Yeah, and, I, and when I say it's weird, it's because it's, it's, because it's pretty much like the NBA playoffs now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty much – I mean, with the exception of the, the, the home court now, but I just – as far as the seeding goes, since now there's, the, there's no wild card, you know, round pretty much. So, yeah. I just – yeah, I, I think it's, it's – it kind of is like the bubble. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the, the NBA NBA bubble as far as how our teams are going to eliminate and eventually wind up, wind up seeing each other. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, you know, I can only go go with one team, and, I, and that's the team on this hat right here, right? You know, on top of my top of my head. That's it, man. I can't. And now I, I feel you. Like I said, just in, in, in the National League. Yeah, I mean, I think same thing. I think I, you got to go with with teams that have the best talent and will present the biggest challenge for anybody they face. And you could say Yankees Dodgers. Um, I like the Braves a lot still in the national league. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but I, I don't, the reason I, I keep saying, I don't know what to make of it is because like, when you look at the schedule, like the Yankees got to play three straight dates. So that is so unorthodox from traditional playoffs where you could figure out like, all right, we might play today and tomorrow. And then we have a day off where we pick it up again. So you could use your bullpen differently. You could use your, your, your starters differently because you could figure out if you want to stretch them out or you, you don't mind getting them out of there early to go to the bullpen. And that's just so, like I said, it's so unorthodox because now it feels more like a regular season series. It almost feels like the Yankees are just in Cleveland for a three game set as yeah. opposed to these are playoff games. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's why I keep saying like, I, I, I would not be surprised if we yeah. saw a bunch of upsets in this first round, because to beat a team two out of three is not as difficult as winning four out of seven. Yeah. You know, You're absolutely right. but we got to see, we got to see how it plays out. Um, Trip, what else we got? We got anything else we need to get into today, man? What we got? We, I think that, I think that's it. I mean, we just shout out. You know, we got a couple of big, big sellers in, the, in Major League Baseball while we had. You know, my, my, my main man, Aaron Judge, uh, Bryce Harper, and Mookie Betts. Uh, top three, they got the highest selling jerseys out right now. So, you know, there's money being made around here. I like to celebrate that anytime somebody making money. You know, <laughs> I, I shout them out. Absolutely. For that. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So with that being said, for Real Fans Real Talk, the Sanchez Show, uh, again, keep supporting, streaming on all platforms, shoot us a like, shoot us a comment, you know, shoot us an email. We always up for a good sports debate. Uh, bro, we're going to do it again real soon because NBA Finals is going to be kicking off really soon as well. So we got to get into that, man. Yes, uh, sir. With Make that being said, follow. for my man Trip Young. Before we get out of here, uh, real quick, got to shout out the sponsors, uh, Petro, Soundview Liquors, Kmart, uh, the Rosado firm, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys and, and the support you continue to, to, to give us and with the show. And make sure you're following us everywhere, realfansrealtalk.com, facebook.com forward slash realfansrealtalk, uh, youtube.com forward slash for the fans productions, Twitter and Instagram at realfantalk. And make sure you subscribe to the Sanchez Show and Real Fans Real Talk uh, podcast as well. we everywhere. Yes, sir. So for my man Trip Young, this is Legend in Two Games. We out of here. Yo, this is Teresa Weatherspoon, better known as Teaspoon, and you're watching Real Fans, Real Talk. Live from the camp. Uh-huh. This is Real Fans, Real Talk. Real Fans, Real Talk. We as real as you thought. Real